Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer on WARL 1320 The Drive with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome to Revolution Recap. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 8 p.m. on AM 1320 as well as over the internet, reviewing the latest action of the New England Revolution and Major League Soccer. Joining me today in studio is Monty Rodriguez, president of the Midnight Riders, an independent supporters group of the New England Revolution. And yesterday, the Revs are coming off a 1-0 home victory against Chivas USA, who are currently sitting in last place in the West with no wins, while the Revs, meanwhile, are first in the East, undefeated on a four-game unbeaten streak, and, and have a three-point lead over Chicago, as well as a game in hand. Quite frankly, it's, it's a good year to be a Revs fan, and uh, I, I think Monty, as a fan of the Revs, do you agree that this is one of the best, obviously the best year and the best start of the Revs, and they're playing very attractive soccer, as you were saying earlier, and this looks like a, a great year to be a fan of the team? Uh, yeah, Sean, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, it's, like it's, it's, been, it's been a blast just uh, watching these guys play. Uh, it's attractive soccer. It's fun. The, the guys look like they, they're having a blast just playing. Um, we've never, uh, obviously, we've never started off like this. If I'm not mistaken, we didn't get seven points until June last year. We've pretty much doubled it already. we got a month to go, uh, and four of those games this month are at home. So, um, yeah, just keeping our fingers crossed that, that we don't hit our midseason swoon that we hit every year. And, and last night, the scoreline won. He doesn't say how much the Rebs dominated that game. They controlled the possession. Chivas really didn't have many chances at all. They had zero corner kicks compared to the Rebs, who had about 13. Um the Chivas got frustrated, and they were doing a lot of fouling that was stopping the Revs. They outfouled the Revs 28 to 8. But I don't, I don't think the 1 8, the 1 0 scoreline shows how much the Revs were in control of that game and and how well they were playing. They, it really could have been 4 nothing, something like that, with all the chances they had. They were a little unlucky. Brad Guzon, Chivas's goalie, had a great game, and and I, I thought the Revs were unlucky not to do a little bit, not to get put a little more shots in the net, and and but. But overall, I thought it was a great game considering the, the weather with all the rain. I thought they were putting two passes together. I, I thought the team was doing really well. Yeah, um, yeah unfortunately, their goalie decided to have his uh, breakout game last night. Uh, other than that, they, they were just they were all over Chivas. Uh, it, was, it was just watching. It was like watching one of the old D.C. United teams against one of the old Revs teams. It was just completely a domination. I think it was the fouls were 28-8, to 8, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, all five yellows went to the Chivas team. Um, like you said, 13 corners uh, to none for uh, for Chivas. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think I think Reese had one save um, that was actually on goal on a shot on goal. The rest were, you know, easy pickups for him. It was it was just a very easy win yesterday, even though the scoreline didn't wind up showing that. Well, one thing I did notice that the Revs had a little bit of problems with was Chivas's height and uh, getting crosses into the box with with Revs Fords, Pat Noonan, and, and uh, Taylor Twalman, who are tall and can get up for the headers. But, but Chivas, the one thing advantage they seem to have was a height advantage in that. And that, that was something that seemed to cause the Revs a little bit of problems getting in the crosses. And they had some good chances, but they didn't put it in the back of the net. And they don't want to leave it till late like they did in that game and, and ha- have to wait till the 88th minute to, to score the goal and win the game. No, definitely. It's not um – a team like Chivas, you need to put away as quickly as possible. And an early goal in that game yesterday, and it would have been a blowout uh, if they had to actually try and open up the game. They played nine behind the ball and left one forward up front, and that was it. Um, 
Yeah, we had some chances uh, with even with headers. I mean, Noonan. I remember a couple th- that he had up front. Um, the one that uh, Twelman had in the second half, right in front of the fort, uh, where he out jumped Guzan actually and just put it over the net. They both ran into each other. Um, they had their chances. They just couldn't put the ball in the net. And and the the Revs obviously have gotten off to a fast the start of the season they've ever had. Four zero and one on a four game winning streak. And Clint Dempsey came out. He's got four game winning goals, four wins for the Revs. Four game winning goals for Dempsey, and Dempsey did it again today. And then he ran over and jumped into the fort. He's really been a, an exciting player to watch this year. His goal celebrations have gotten better, and and uh, really, really Midnight Riders Man of the Year last year. He's been quite quite a player to watch this season. Definitely, he's uh, he brings a touch of class to this team um, in regards to just how he plays the game. He looks like he's having a ball out there. Uh, his celebrations. Uh, people around the league have been talking about his celebrations, uh, which is kind of funny. And you know, not all the DC fans liked his celebration um, when he scored the fourth goal down at RFK. But uh, if you don't like it, don't let him score. And and obviously Dempsey last year was the rookie of the year. This year he's gotten off to such a fast start. He's the lead, lead, leader in goals, and he's and he's uh, over, by assists he's ahead of Brian Ching in the goal scoring chart. And he's he's doing really well. And at this point, obviously it's too early to tell, but at this point, I I see him as a candidate for MVP of the league. I definitely agree with that, and you know the I mean the the reason we're doing well isn't just Dempsey though. You look around and you know he's got four goals. Um, Noonan Twelman both have three. There's there's balls just being peppered in from both wings and from right in the middle between you know Shawry's actually making some good balls up front. Um, so is Kinsella obviously, and then Riley's been just a breakthrough. Uh, I don't think anyone expected him to come out the way he has. Um, but I mean Dempsey just he, he, that goal in Chicago should go down as one of the goals of the year, uh, in my opinion. Uh, it was just a beautifully taken shot. Um, I know some of the Fire fans wanted to blame that one on Thornton, and I don't know if he could have made a save on that. I mean that was that was a reaction shot, as a reaction sh- save if he had made it, and he just couldn't get to it. And one of the other players who uh, I've noticed has has improved a lot is Marshall Leonard, who had played mostly defense in the past, but he. In the playoffs last season, he played in midfield. He got an assist, and he scored his first goal this year from midfield. And he had an assist last night on the Dempsey goal. And he's someone whose service has gotten a lot better. And with a guy like Cassio, who was their predicted starter at the beginning of the season, he's proven that that he can have that spot. And maybe maybe his play could even earn him to keep that spot when Cassio is back and Joe Franchino is back. Yeah, um, I, Leonard's been pretty. Uh, I think he's been a little bit better than some people expected. Um, there are some, you know, there's there's some bad parts to his play as well. He gets muscled off the ball pretty easily. Um, he's had some some bad giveaways in the last couple of games, uh, but you know you're right. The, the cross that he put in yesterday was just a gorgeous one. He had another one earlier uh, that we did not fo- uh, score on, but um, he's been he's been pretty uh, pretty consistent um, in general back there. Considering where he was drafted late in the draft back in 2002, and and uh, I think he's become a very versatile player off the bench for them. Maybe maybe not the all-star that, that, that they could have, but I, I think he's definitely a player that, considering where he came from, was a good pickup for the Revs and, and versatile off the bench if they need him, and I, I think he's somebody that it's great to have on the team. Yeah, I, I agree, and it, you know, unfortunately for him, I mean, or, you know, I personally think he can play a little bit better than Joey, um, but Franchino is a good, strong player back there as well. I just don't know if he fits in on the midfield when everyone's back to being healthy, especially with the way Riley has come out um, you know, you got Riley, you got Kinsella, you got Shawry, you got um, Dempsey, and you know, is, does he fit that fifth spot or or not? And uh, I don't know at this point if he can take that from Cassio. 
Now, at this point, he can, but I don't know what Casio can bring. I don't think any one of us does at this point. And Twalman, obviously, last year he did not have a great season. He uh, struggled with injuries. But this season, he's came out, he has three goals. He scored his 50th career goal against Chicago on Wednesday. Quite a goal on that, that one, actually. He ran from past half field all the way down past the defender. Um, he had two people he could have passed it to. Some people have uh, gotten angry for me, selfishness there. But I, I thought at that point in the game, they had won it. There were 30 seconds left. Why not try to go for his 50th goal? His family was in the crowd, and I thought that was a spectacular goal for him to score there, his 50th goal. And he's a player that I think is finally back to the form that he had back in 2002. Yeah, uh, to me, it, it was a great, you know, he'd not met Caballero, which was a great move anyway. Um, he made a run, like you said, from midfield. And that's a goal scorer's goal. He's got to put that in the net. If nothing else, it keeps him confident, keeps it in his mind. I and mean, I think one of the things that happened last year is he kept finding the goalkeeper's face. Just that confidence level goes down for him. Um, every goal he scores, the more he stays positive, the more he's adding to what this team can offer. And Pat Noonan and Twelman grew up together as kids, and they they hadn't been linking up too well uh, last year, but this year they seem to have found each other out more. They seem to know each other, where each other are going. And Noonan, the co-scoring champ last year, Twelman, the scoring champ in 2002. It's really an exciting combination to have those two up front in the team. Yeah, this year they look completely different uh, playing up front together. They're making some beautiful passes back and forth. Uh, goes back to that first goal in um, uh, San Jose when, when the ball was sent through and they both were running to the ball and Twelman just quietly sidestepped and went off to the side giving a Noonan an angle to shoot that ball. Um, it's been just like that since. They're just they're reading each other well. Um, they're working well with each other and they're making some. They're making some nice plays, um, not even on the goals, but just on what they're doing out there. And, and even with players out injured, like Ralston was missed a couple of games, and uh, Cassio's been out, and and Joe Francino's been out against teams like Chicago and DC, or some of the top teams in the league. The Revs have been able to come out and get results. Where and and the past, you'd think with without a player like Ralston, who was their MVP, they wouldn't be able to get a result against a team like DC, who's the top of the league. And I, I think they they're really showing that even missing some of their stars, they can get results in this league. Yeah, um, you know, it's been pretty much uh, a given that this is the best depth we've had, and I think it's starting to show through. Uh, we were missing four potential starters against Chicago. You know, Cassio didn't play, Kinsella didn't play, Raleigh didn't play, and Franchino didn't play, four guys that most of us expected to be playing at the beginning of the year. And uh, still won 3-0 in a, in a pretty tough stadium to, to win in, and they really made it look pretty easy. And Andy Dorman got the start over Cancela uh, last night and the night before because Cancela's been out injured. And Dorman was a, a last-round pick in the draft last year, and he's really proven to be one of the stronger players off the bench for the Revs. He's come off and scored a bunch of goals, and he, he's a player I could see. I think he'd be a starter on nearly every other team in MLS that doesn't have a, such a strong midfield as the central midfield as the Revs do. And I think he's a player that could be a, a really big part of the future of the Revs. I, I definitely agree with that. He's been uh, he's another one. He's just fun to watch. He adds some serious pace when he comes out on that field. Um, his crosses actually are very nice as well. And he just he's one of those guys. He just seems to be in the right place when he needs to be. Uh, the goal he scored against um, Columbus at home. It was just being in the right place, just ducking his foot in and and just making the play, and he's just one of those guys. And he just, I think for all these, everyone on that team, is just they all put in the effort they need to. You don't feel like you're getting anyone slacking off. And if I'm not mistaken, Charlie Joseph made the comment last year, um, and it brought a lot of scrutiny in that. You know, he, he said that he's not sure if everyone's giving 100% every game. Um, and obviously, I don't think we can say that at this point for this year. 
and the, the back line coming into the season, starting off with a rookie Michael Parkers in central defense. I think some of the fans are worried about that, but Parkers has stepped right in, up and looked like an old pro, and he gets the ball. He looks so comfortable with that at his feet. He doesn't seem nervous at all to be in a big game setting. He seems like a player that could be a future national teamer and, and definitely a great starter for the Revs. Shai, he, he, uh, you know, I'm sitting next to you, and you remind me how old I am. Parkers is the same way. I mean, he was at that first game um, as well as I was, and now seeing him uh, playing for the team that he rooted for is actually really cool. And um, I think a lot of people have just been amazed by, you know, he, they kept saying how intelligent he was as a player, and I think he's lived up to it. He just seems to be in the right place on just every ball, every ball that comes through the middle. He's just, you keep hearing Feldman or, or Max Bredos just keep saying Parkers, Parkers. He just seems to be everywhere he needs to be. Um, the one, the only issue I've had with him so far is some of his distribution isn't great. Um, I think it'll get better. He's a rookie. Um, not sure. You know, I didn't see his career in, in at Wake, so I'm not sure about that. But um, he's, he's won a lot of balls and given them, unfortunately, right back up. But he wins them back again. So uh, he's been very, very good so far. One thing I have noticed, though, is he does give away the ball sometimes, but he hasn't doesn't make many costly giveaways like we've seen out of some Revs defenders in the past where you see him with the ball and you see a guy coming out and you say, oh, no, he's going to pass it there and that guy's going to be there. But he, then he turns around and passes it the other way. He seems to be someone who, who knows where, where, where everyone's going to be and knows where to pass it at the right time. No, definitely, and he's, he's been the rock in that defense. And, you know, we, we were all worried about the entire defense um, going into the air. There was a lot of speculation that we'd be bringing in a, a central, def- central defender and uh, no one ever actually came in and fit the bill. And we wound up with these guys, and they've given up two goals during the run of play this year in, in five games now, which isn't bad. And um, They've only given up five goals anyway, and three of them were penalties. And you know, I, I think every Revolution fan will argue the two that were in D.C. So. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll be back with Clint Dempsey, Revolution midfielder who's been on fire this year. So there you sit, trying to plan your financial future. But there's so much to know, and so many choices. How can you be confident you're making the right decisions? Maybe you won't need the guidance of a financial professional to reach your goals, but most of us will. Your modern Woodman representative can analyze your needs to help you make informed decisions about financial products and services. Plus, you'll gain access to fraternal member benefits that can enrich your family and community. Call your Modern Woodman representative today. Touching lives, securing futures. Securities offered through MWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America. 1701 First Avenue, Rock Island, Illinois, 61201. Phone 309-558-3100. Member NASD SIPC. To find out more information about the Modern Woodman, contact Dave Orfley at 774-463-0262. That's David Orfley with the Modern Woodman, 774-463-0262. You've got a ticket to ride with Millennium Sportsbook at BetMillNow.com. Right now, sign up at Millennium Sportsbook and get a 25% sign-up bonus. Beat the line moves with access to the overnight lines at Millennium Sportsbook. You'll enjoy their easy-to-navigate website, multiple payment options, outstanding customer service. And don't forget, BetMillNow.com's teaser odds are the highest payouts anywhere. Go to BetMillNow.com or call toll-free 1-800-824-1637. 
Hi, this is David DiLorenzo. Join me, Stacy Marie, and Scott McPherson on AM 1320 The Drive Sports Journal Live, 4 to 6, Monday through Friday. Host Jim Fijo of Daniel Chapter 1 talks with Major League Baseball player J.D. Drew. So you did the GDU. It's a natural anti-inflammatory, and it's also a protolytic enzyme. I hope you're using it more than not using it. Yeah, that's right. I can't tell you how many hundreds of those things I've taken <laughs> since February. You know, the amazing thing is is the fact that you can get off all the, the effects of the anti-inflammatories that you get prescribed so many times by the trainers and the doctors, that, you know, which scares me and always has because, you know, last year, last season, I've I lived on Vox pretty much every day of the season and oh, didn't really boy. think I had another option. Right. And, uh, you know, when you when you play this game and you play it in the, the pretenses that you're playing 162 games a year, you get a couple days off a month, your body takes a lot of wear and tear, and, you know, you're willing to fill it with about anything you can. You also have options to using dangerous drugs like Vioxx and Celebrex. For pain and inflammation in your body, try GDU. To order, call 1-800-504-5511. Hi, this is Stacy Marie. Join me, Scott McPherson, and David DiLorenzo every day on the Sports Journal Live, 4 to 6 on AM 1325. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Joining us now, we have Clint Dempsey, Revolution Midfielder. Clint, can you hear us? Yeah, what's up? Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Both you and the team are off to quite a fast start this year with you leading the league in scoring and the team in first. How does it feel to be a, such a large part of the team's early success? Um, it feels great. I mean, it's always good to be a part of a team that's doing well. Um, I mean, it felt great last year being a part of a team um, still that we weren't so successful. It's just I think with the Revolution we really have a, I mean, a team's team. Everybody you know works for each other. It feels good to be a part of something like that. And was it frustrating last night having to wait so late in the game before getting off the first goal? Um, definitely, but I mean that's the way soccer is. I mean sometimes you just you can't have the chance. You're not able to put it in the back of the net. But I think last night we showed a lot of character. You know, right through that and um, getting that goal. And in the past, I think we ended up with a, a tie. And what what does the team need to do to get a result against Chicago in the next week and keep up their their long string good string of results? I think we need to continue to do what we're doing, taking each game at a time, and you know. You're only as good as your um, next game. So just everybody working for each other day in and day out. And I think if everybody is working for each other, um, I, don't see why I, need, I don't see why we shouldn't uh, win every game. And you've had some interesting goal celebrations over the past week with the home run hit against D.C. and the, the photo-taking shot against Chicago. Was there any planning behind those? Um, um, the D.C. was more so than any other one because uh, during warm-ups we were just walking out there and um, we just saw the baseball field, and we were kind of disappointed because in the past, D.C.'s always had a great field, and it kind of stinks that, I mean, they're sharing a field with the baseball team, and um, it would be it was such it'd be such a nice field if they didn't have that there. So it was just it was just kind of thought it was something funny to do. And did you take any slack from any of the D.C. players after doing that? Um, I really haven't talked to any D.C. players um, after doing that. Um, so I really don't know how they feel, but as far as my, they got a they got a good kick out of it and they got a, a laugh or two. Are you excited about the individual honors you've been receiving this year, such as the Player of the Week and Goals of the Week? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean that's always you know icing on the cake. But the most important thing right now is just taking the, a game um, one at a time and uh, making sure that we're at the top of the table. So um, coming in the season, we're definitely going to be a team playoff pitcher. 
Do you think the team has a, a lot better depth this year than they have in past years with a guy like Ralston out at MVP and a lot of other guys out that they can still get wins against the top teams like D.C.? Yeah, I mean, I think we have a lot of depth. We have to credit that um, to the coaches and uh, organization for, you know, uh, bringing in players and, and having uh, a roster that um, people are able to fill in for each other. And and how did training with a team like Feyenoord over in Holland help, help you get, get ready for the season and get off to such a fast start? Well, I think the thing that helped me the most is training with the national team. Feyenoord is also there for uh, two weeks. And it was just, you know, to get an idea of what it would be like to play overseas and, you know, kind of gauge yourself as a player. But I would say um, I spent most of my time um, preparing for the season with the national team as far as, like, the intense training. And, um, you know, being around that type of atmosphere, you can only get better. I think that helped me. And um, Noonan and Twelman and Rawson also come to the season a little bit sharper. And is one of your goals to make it to the national team squad for the World Cup in 2006? Um, definitely, it's always a goal, you know, uh, definitely be a dream come true as a little kid. You always dream about playing in a World Cup, and to achieve that um, would be something that I always wanted to do. Are you looking forward to the U.S.'s big matchup against England on May 28th? Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. I still don't know um, if I'm going to get called in or not, but uh, definitely would be, you know, a good game to play in, and uh, hopefully I'll get that opportunity. And last year you had quite a year with winning Rookie of the Year and making it on the All-Star team as well as earning Midnight Riders Man of the Year. How, how was that experience? Um, it was great. I mean, you know, I was coming from college and we didn't have such a successful season my last year. Um, coming to the, making the Youth World Championships with the U-20s and, you know, trying to earn a spot on the team. It just seems like um, a, lot of, a lot of good things happen so quickly, but um, I'm able to, you know, sit back and appreciate it. But at the same time, I've uh, got to keep looking uh, looking ahead and uh, trying to um, do greater things. And how was your experience in college with at Furman University? It was a good experience. I mean, I felt like I was able to learn a lot and, um, you know, to get an education. So I, I got two years out of two years under my belt. So in case something ever happens, um, I only have really two years to, to make up and uh, get a normal job, I guess. Hey, Clint, it's uh, Monty Rodriguez of the Midnight Riders. I'd um, like to thank you again uh, for showing up at our general meeting this year. Uh, it was very nice of you to do. Uh, a quick question for you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Revs fans that were a little disappointed in how the preseason went for for the Revs uh, in regards to not having enough matches in both Bermuda and, well, especially Uruguay. Uh, you guys, the four of you, wound up playing at national at the national team level. Um, how much interaction did you four have just between the the four of you? I mean, you seem to, especially you, Twelman and Noon, and uh, we haven't seen Raleigh enough yet, but you seem to have this connection right now that you didn't seem to have last year. And did it come from that? Um, I think a little bit. I mean, the more you play with somebody, the more you know, comfortable with them, and you know, start to understand what their tendencies are. Um, right now, I think we're a team that's just playing with a lot of confidence, and a, a team is just you know knows what it takes to get the job done. But uh, definitely, I'd have to agree with you that you know having a little extra time with them, you develop a little bit um, better chemistry, and uh, I think uh, things will continue to improve in the future. Uh, coming coming from a guy who's played probably about you know seven eight hundred low level soccer games in his life and scored I think one goal, um, can you explain to us what, what the feeling is that you go through when you score a goal? What's that? What's that feeling that that you have? Um, scoring a goal is probably one of the greatest feelings 
I've ever felt in my life. It's it's just weight off your shoulders, feeling like you're on top of the world. Just you just get a sense of like you know a sense of accomplishing something that you know anytime you score, just you always feel like you you you've achieved something. So I mean, anytime I score, it's just it's just that feeling that you know um, you're doing what you want to do, and you just you know at peace within yourself. And do you think it's good for the team to have so many versatile players like? Like you, for example, and guys like Marshall Leonard who can play in defense and midfield, and you can play at forward and midfield. Is that a good thing for the team? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, when you got people that are hurt and um, you need people to fill spots, it's always good to uh, you know, you know, help the team out uh, sliding to a different position to help the team out in a time where um, you know they're not, they don't have their ideal lineup, but you're still able to you know to switch to a different role and you know help the team remain successful. I think that's very important. I think Marshall Leonard's done a great job stepping into that left mid role, getting a goal and getting an assist. And um, I mean, I think it's great we have players like that. And um, hopefully, you know, I don't hope I hope no one gets hurt. But I mean, those things happen, and I feel confident in the players that we have that um, people are going to be able to step in and fill those roles. And do you think this year's rookie draft and went as well as last year's, and you have quality players as good as the ones you got you got in last year, like you and Dorman and guys like that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Riley and um, Parkhurst have, you know, done a lot for us early on this season. Riley getting, I think, three assists. Parkhurst, you know, playing with the three-man back and, you know, being so comfortable and, you know, you know helping us out a lot and breaking up their plays. So, I mean, I just have to, you know, bring hats off to the coach and staff and the organization. They've done a great job of picking talent, and um, I think that will continue to happen in the future. And um, I think those guys are helping us a lot this season. And do you think this team has the depth to handle it when guys like Ralston, you, and Twelman and Noonan are away with the national team? I think so. I mean, I hope so. I mean, time will tell. I mean, if that, you know, situation occurs, um, that will that'll be answered. But uh, I, I really do. I really think that, you know, we have players that can step up and, uh, you know, fill those roles and, I mean, get the job done. And how did you first get involved in soccer when growing up? I first got involved in soccer growing up, um, I think I was in kindergarten. And I had an older brother that was already playing, and um, you know, soccer was just kind of starting up um, in my town. And uh, it is—I remember going to my first practice actually, and not knowing what was going on, and uh, just just being able to run around and kick the ball. I just automatically fell in love with it because I was the kid that kind of like never could sit still, and soccer was just a perfect match for me because I was always on the go. And, and was it something coming to the league that you were hoping to get drafted maybe by your hometown team, Dallas, or were you just hoping to be on any team? Um, I mean, I was hoping to get on any team. Um, Dallas would have been icing on the cake because um, that's kind of where I'm from and I'm, I'd be more f- familiar with and, you know, I'd have family close by. But, uh, I mean, I think everything in life happens for a reason and I think things always happen for the best. And, I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better situation than I have here in New England and uh, I just, you know, pray that things will continue to stay um, the way that they are. Hey, Clint, last year uh, the Revs had the worst record of any team um, playing at home. Uh, is, was the, you, know, you guys are now 2-0 and at home, um, haven't given up a goal, actually. Is there more of a concerted effort to make that, uh, make, you know, make the three points at home almost a given? Um, I mean, definitely that's something that we, you know, uh, wanted to establish. We wanted to let, you know, other teams know that, hey, this is our home. You can't come in here and expect to get um, um, easy points. Um, um, during the first game, Shari um, you know, in the huddle was saying, Hey guys, this is our home and 
uh, we need to start to act like it and let's set the tone for the rest of the season. And I think we've been doing that thus far, and uh, hopefully things will continue. And with the Revs this year, do you think this is finally the, the team that can get over the top and make it to MLS Cup and win it? I think we stay healthy. I think the personnel we have, um, I think there's no reason why we can't. Um, we have to take each game at a time, and we have to continue to work hard. And, you know, if we're working for each other, everything else will take care of itself, I think. Who do you see as some of the teams that are, are going to be the Revs' biggest competitors for the MLS Cup this year? Um, I think D.C., um, we always have tough matches against them. Um, I think L.A. will be a good game, and I think uh, um, FC Dallas, uh, they'll be a tough team to get past in playoffs. And what do you like to do in your spare time? In um, my spare time, um, I just like to hang out. Um, sometimes with Ross and I'll go fishing. Um, you know, just watch soccer games, just just whatever, anything to just relax. And after training in Holland, is it maybe a dream of yours? Maybe in, in the future, go over and play in Europe. Definitely. I mean, you just—I just want to be anywhere that I, you know, am able to get better. Because my goal is to just be the best player that I could possibly be. And and you know, you only have a short window that you're able to play soccer in. And I want to get the most out of it, uh, as far as you know, become a better player and financially. Because um, I don't want to be working until I'm like 60 years old. And I want to be able to take care of my family and pay them back for everything they've done for me. So. Definitely, that'll be a, a goal and a dream to play overseas. So now that you've been with the Revs and this is your second year, are, are you glad that you were drafted by the Revs? And do you think everything yeah. has worked out fine? And and are, have you adjusted to life in New England? Uh, I mean, adjusting to life up here, I mean, wasn't that difficult except for the winters. Um, besides that, this is I think one of the best places to be because it's not really humid and it never really gets too hot. And you know, it's. It's, it's really nice in the summer, and uh, there's, there's a good fishing around here, so I can't complain. But, uh, I mean, as far as soccer is concerned, I couldn't ask for a better situation. You know, we have a great team, we have great coaches, and I think um, the sky's the limit. Do you think part of the reason why the Revs are off to such a fast start is the continuity with a lot of the same players being back, uh, even from 2002 and last year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, everybody on the team seems to get along really well. We really seem to have a you know good team chemistry. Um, we have a good you know um, atmosphere um, you know to to get better in, and um, um, everyone's working for each other. And I mean, this is this is the ideal situation you want to be in. Um, I think it's a real test will be for us to see how things happen when things are not going away. Um, when we get our first loss. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we're the first team to go undefeated the whole season. But uh, I think a, a you know a true test of character. We'll see how we adapt um, to a situation where things are not going well. And is it really exciting for you to you know the Revs have four wins and that you've had the four game-winning goals in all of those games? Yeah, I mean it's exciting to know that we had the four wins, and I know I wouldn't have you know had a chance to score those goals if it weren't for my teammates. So I mean. I just you got to take your head off to the team right now. They're just doing a great job, and uh, I'm happy to be a part of it. Clint, do you uh, after what happened to Twelman last year when on one of his diving attempts he got kicked kicked in the face? Uh, mm-hmm. That's how you score your goals, man. You throw your body right in there. Is there any fear in that, or do you just play and worry about what happens later? I mean, when I'm out there playing, I just you know I'm playing as hard as I can play, and um, I mean just do whatever I can to help the team win. Um, if I, in the game, you're going to get hurt, and I mean, when that when that happens, it happens. I mean, last year I broke my jaw, but I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna live in fear. I'm just gonna go out there and you know, 
you know, play any game, making those diving headers or do whatever it takes to, to win. And if I get hurt, I get hurt. I mean, anytime you get hurt, you, most of the time you can come back from it. So I'm never really too scared about it. Saw you um, last uh, on Wednesday night in Chicago taking on a little bit more leadership role uh, when Shari was uh, really upset with the referee on um, the, the takedown by I think it was Armas took down Dorman, um, and you kind of pushed away Shari trying to, to contain him. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something you're trying to do more? Is take a little bit more leadership role on this team, considering that you're, it's only your second year? Not really. I mean, I'm just I mean I'm just trying to be a team player and you know you know trying to recognize situations where. Um, you know, a teammate might need help because I feel like every player on the team does that for for one another. Anytime you see someone go down, you have someone else, you know, having their back and you know telling the ref, "Hey, what's what's going on with this? What's going on with that?" Um, I'm just I'm just out there playing, and trying to do whatever it takes to win. As far as personally taking on a leadership role, not really. I'm just I'm just doing what um, any player would do in that situation. May you keep this up. We're going to be starting the MVP chant in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And against some new teams like Chivas, is it good to get out there and show that the established teams are the better teams and that you're not going to give them an easy run? I mean, it's definitely good to I mean, come out and you know, uh, get a win, period. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter which team you're playing. As long as you're getting wins, we're happy. So, I mean, the, I mean beating a certain team, really, you don't feel any different. It's, the most important thing is just getting the three points. And if we can continue to do that, um, you know, we will continue to be happy. So you don't think games against Chivas are any relation to, like, U.S. versus Mexico games? No, not really, because if you look at it, most of the players that are on Chivas are from the MLS. Um, and the only thing is that they, you know, are able to speak Spanish. Uh, you know, I, really, I don't really view it as a team that all the players are coming straight from Mexico. But... Um, I mean, it's, it's it's a club. It's it's an MLS league. It's United. It's it's United States soccer, um, like league. So uh, I mean, I don't really see it like that. Clint has uh, has Bruce Arena told? I don't know if you can tell us this, but has Bruce Arena told you anything that you he has mentioned you need to work on um, to become a better player, whether nationally or even in MLS? Um, yeah, he was saying that um, I need to work on my change of pace. He said that it seems like I always seem to be just in one gear. And I need to learn to, you know, change it up a little bit. And um, that's 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 pretty much it. Was the that's pretty much the basic criticism that I received. And are you excited about further expansion in the league and maybe even a second team in in Texas? It sounds like now. Definitely, definitely. That's just another trip to you know go back to my home state. But any, you know, the league is growing. That's that's good for me and that's good for everybody that's in the league. Um, ultimately, we want this league, you know, to be to up there with with the rest of the leagues. I know right now we have a we have a ways to go, but still, I think I think the more teams, the better, and it's going to make it more competitive. That's ultimately going to produce better teams and going to produce better players, which is going to help this country, you know, do better things in the World Cups to come. Do you think it would be a good thing if the league expanded into Canada, maybe with a team in Toronto? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the more teams. Um, the better. The more people you have, um, you know, watching soccer for our league, the better I'm going to do because um, they're bringing money into the league. And when you bring money into the league, the players are going to make more money as well. So definitely I think that would be great. And how does playing in uh, different conditions like the the, the heavy rain last night affect the game? Um, I mean, always 
certain conditions are going to, you know, affect the game. Um, last night, it just, you know, the ball's going to have, you know, more of a skid to it. It's going to skip a little bit more. But, uh, I mean, it's just it's good to experience all these conditions because um, as a player, you have to be able to know, you have to know how to play in each condition and also how to perform well in each condition. And Chivas came in kind of seeing like they were just trying to play for the draw, bunkering down and trying to play good defense. Do you think as the Revs establish themselves as one of the top teams in the league that, that more teams are going to come into to the way games against the Revs and play like that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I hope not. I hope the team wouldn't want to sit back and just, you know, would play for a tie because that would show that would show no fight, no heart in them. Um, I think every team should want to come out and, uh, you know, get a win. And um, I hope teams don't play like that. But, I mean, if they do, I mean, decision, obviously, um, on their on their behalf, it might be a good one depending on where they are on the table. And them having to be conservative will allow them to achieve their goal of, you know, should we only get up the up the table? But um, I hope not. And with Chivas losing down on the 88th minute on that goal, uh, I know the Revs have had some problems, issues like that in the past years where they've had to falter on a late goal like that. How does it feel to get so far and think you're going to come away with the point and then end it like that? Well, it's a terrible feeling. I mean, they obviously played well defensively, and the keeper came up big for them. Um, in that situation last year, you know, we were fighting hard, trying to get points, and uh, seemed nothing was working. And that's just that's just another setback, you know. You you come so close, but you're so able, you leave the, leave with no points after all that hard work, and you have to go back to the drum board um, come Monday. So I'm sure that was tough for them. But I mean, in the long run, I think it's gonna you know give that give that team and that organization uh, more character because I think last year all that you know helped us come together as a team and make that run in the end. And it seems like last year the team had a lot of opportunities to score and they, they you know, got unlucky shots going out right at the goalie. And this year the team's come out and been the top-scoring team in the league. Do you think is that something that the team worked on in the offseason? Not really. I mean, you just continue to do the same things you always do. And that's what soccer is. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. And right now, you know, things are going well for us and we got to continue to ride this way because, you know, it's, you're always going to have ups and downs and it's just how you react. So, um, I mean, hopefully we will continue to finish the way we do. And with the attack that we have and the players that we have, I don't see why anything should change. And having played Chicago on Wednesday and then going against them again this Saturday, do you, do you think there's anything that that, the te- that you know now about the team that you think you can exploit or that you're worried about that team coming at you and attacking? Or? Well, I mean, you always go out there and play your game. I mean, you never know which team you're going to be up against. And, and that's, that's the crazy thing with soccer because they could be – totally different than they were when they played against us as far as their attitude. And our attitude could be totally different as well. Hopefully we come out with the same attitude we had when we played against them and we're able to get the win. So um, we'll see what happens uh, when the game comes, comes. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Clint. Right, thanks for having me. All right, that was Clint Dempsey, Revolution midfielder. who's gotten off to a fast start this year and the, the best player in the league so far, arguably, and gotten the four goals and three assists the league's leading scorer, and four game-winning goals, which is really unheard of after just four four wins for the team. And uh, he's he's really a player that is exciting to watch and so young that he's going to be exciting to watch for a long time in the future. Yeah, he's a good kid, too. Well, we'll be back after the break with some more Revolution Recap. Don't let that nagging injury jeopardize your performance or keep you out of the game. 
Call the professionals at Best Care Chiropractic, and they will get you back to your peak performance. Best Care Chiropractic uses the latest techniques like cold laser therapy and a new biocranial procedure. Most insurances are accepted, so what are you waiting for? Call 508-941-6530 to schedule your appointment today. They have over 18 years of combined experience and offer the best in soft tissue injury, chiropractic, sports massage, and connective exercise programs. Look for our ad in the Sports Journal, Silver City Edition, or call 508-941-6530. Also make sure to look for Dr. Keith Cavaceres' injury discussion article in each edition of the Sports Journal, Silver City. And visit with Dr. Cabaceres at one of his two offices, on 138 in Taunton, or at the corner of 106 and Route 28 in Bridgewater. Best Care Chiropractic, getting you back to peak performance. Free and pizza are two of the best words your wallet and stomach could hear all day. And Domino's Pizza in Somerset has the deal for you. Carry out any large pizza and a side item and get a second pizza of equal or lesser value for free. Don't forget that Domino's Pizza of Somerset has hot cheesy bread, buffalo chicken kickers, and wings, along with Cinestix ready to deliver for that great night in. If you're having friends over, try the Monster Combo. That's two large, two-topping pizzas, buffalo wings or kickers, breadsticks, and a two-liter Coke for only $24.99. Domino's Pizza of Somerset is open Sunday through Friday until 11, and they're open until midnight on Saturday. Hot and fresh cheesy bread and pizza? Just a phone call away. 508-673-9700. That's Domino's Pizza of Somerset. 508-673-9700. Make sure to catch the Mary Buchanan Show every Sunday from 1 to 2. That's every Sunday, 1 to 2 on your home for the Mary Buchanan Show. 1320 WARL The Drive. The world still is the same. You never change it. As sure. Hello. If you haven't heard yet, burrito lovers, Down City Providence is now home to Cilantro Mexican Grill, where we prepare Rhode Island's finest and freshest gourmet burritos and tacos. You will not find a freezer or a can opener anywhere near our premises. Using fresh tomatoes, corn, onions, jalapeno, and cilantro, of course, we prepare for hours so that you can be served on our burrito line in a snack. Meat lovers may choose from our fresh grilled chicken marinated in a red pepper adobo sauce or tasty pork carnitas or savory ground beef. Whilst the vegetarian will be sated with our savory blackened pinto beans and creamy guacamole topped off with a blend of white cheddar and Monterey cheese and some fresh romaine lettuce all rolled into a tasty whole wheat tortilla. You can wash it all down with a cool Corona, Negro Modelo, or perhaps a blended margarita. We are open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. and midnight on the weekends. We are located in downtown Providence on 127 Way Bossett Street, right down the street from the Peapack Theater. If you have any questions, my name is John Palmieri, and I'm the owner. I would happily fax you over a menu or an order sheet anytime. Call us at 421-TACO. P.S. We deliver for free anywhere in Providence. Thank you very much. I hope to see you soon. And now, back to Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. This segment, we'll talk a little bit about the Midnight Riders with their president, Monty Rodriguez. And how, how are the Midnight Riders formed? Uh, the Riders were actually formed um, before the Revolution uh, technically existed. You know, as soon as, uh, if I remember correctly, I was not part of the organization back then. 
as soon as they found out there was going to be a team in Boston, uh, before the Revolution were named, the Midnight Riders existed. Uh, you know, fans from the area that wanted to put together a supporters group. And how did you become involved in the Riders? Um, saw what was going on in the fort and uh, decided I wanted to be a part of that. At that time, I didn't realize that the Riders were not just in the fort. You know, we have members that sit all over the stadium. Um, but my, my first thought was that the fort was all just where the Midnight Riders were. Um, and I decided I wanted to be a part of that group. Um, and now I know they're everywhere. And the Riders have planned some trips in the past, uh, organized trips to away games. And how have those gone? And what are some of the trips you have planned for the future? Um, our trips have usually gone pretty well. We've uh, we've put together at least one bus trip every uh, last four or five years, I think, down to New York. Uh, we've tried to put together a second trip, but unfortunately it's usually somewhere around our mid-season soon, and no one wants to make that second trip. Uh, so we wind up going down individually. Um, we're putting together a bus trip for uh, our New York game in, in two weeks, uh, on the 21st, actually, three weeks. Um, the bus is actually sold out, uh, which, is, which is great, and we've got another 15 to 20 people that are going to meet us down there. So we're going to have about 60 to 70 people in total, somewhere in that range, um, down in New York supporting the boys. And this year the, the MLS is running a supporters contest uh, partnered with ESPN2. Um, what, what is that, the goal of that, and how is that going to be run? Um, the basic goal of the contest is you know, they want people in the seats uh, when ESPN is showing the games. It's the basic goal. Um, the way they've decided to do it is they're pushing the supporters to sell tickets. Um, they've asked the team to give um, supporters tickets for $3 off of face value to the supporters, and supporters sell them for face value. Um, this way they're trying to get the supporters to get money into their bank accounts so they can use that for you know gear and, and road trips, bus trips, and all that. Um, and what we've decided to do on the contest is we're putting a buck fifty out of that three dollars uh, to the March of Dimes for every ticket we sell, and uh, we are keeping the other dollar fifty for our, for other reasons like the bus trips and stuff. Um, the goal is to sell 300 tickets. We're not part of the contest officially until we sell 300 tickets. But either way, um, no matter how many tickets we sell, you know, at least if we sell 100 tickets, it's $150 go to the March of Dimes. Um, the uh, the ESPN crew is going to be coming out to the tailgate, um, taking some pictures, and supposedly the uh, the announcers are actually going to come by uh, pregame as well and talk to some of the fans out in the riders area. And are they going to be making any kind of decision or something as to the best supporters in MLS or something like that? Uh, no, the contest is just going to be judged on how many tickets the supporters sell. Um, the the most tickets wins, and uh, the winner gets, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a party thrown in the, the city uh, of the winning team sponsored by both the league and uh, the, the that team. Um, also, if we sell over 450 tickets, uh, we get... A signed soccer ball and shirt from the All-Star game that we can use to auction off for our charity, uh, which we do a lot of charity work. I think we've done almost $10,000 worth of charity work in the years that we've been around, uh, which has been you know, one of the things we're very proud of. And people who want to join the Midnight Riders, what do they need to know uh, about the Riders and, and how, how do they join? The Riders, um, it's, you know, we're an independent supporters association. Uh, basically, we work with the Revs. We, you know, we try and support the game as much as possible um, like you know putting the road trips together uh, doing charity work in the name of both the team um, and the supporters group itself uh, we do a lot of other things um, you know our tailgate area is one of our biggest benefits that we offer during the season uh, preseason when we have our general meeting we actually have a uh, meet the coach session which um, 
is only open to Midnight Riders members, and you know, Coach Nichol sits with us for an hour, hour and a half, and answers questions that uh, we can come up with. Um, we try and we we host all the U.S. national team games that come to town, which means that we sell tickets uh, to the supporters and plan parties and all of that. Um, so a lot of there's there's a lot of things we do. Um, there's a lot of benefits to being a member, um, <laughs> including that that really cool parking spot. Um, we also offer discounts on the bus trips. You know, if you're not a member for the bus trip, it's seventy dollars. If you are, it's sixty dollars. Um, stuff like that. Same with scarves that we're selling. And how much does it cost to join, and where can somebody get an application? To um, join? Joining the riders, uh, ten dollars is for an individual member, fifteen dollars for a family. Um, applications are actually available on the website. Just Midnight Riders, M I D N I G H T uh, Riders, R I D E R S, all one word. dot com. Um, just check out the web page. There's a lot of stuff. The the information on the supporters, um, the contest is there as well. Uh, we're selling brand new scarves for the fort, which is there, um, and the application is available there. You can also get a link to the Man of the Year voting from our website. Um, and you know, the Man of the Year voting is actually one of the other things that we do. The, the, the riders uh, have for all 10 years given an award to the player um, that the fans vote was the best of the year. Um, not just uh, it's not this is voted only by the fans. It's open voting is open to anyone, but um, it is the riders' award. And uh, I think from what I've understood, uh, and the players I've talked to, they take a lot of pride in getting that award. And as you were saying earlier, if to, to be a riders member, you don't have to be in the fort. But uh, what are some of the things you enjoy about being in the fort? And what what do you encourage people to come down there and share with with the riders, even if they're not members? Yeah, uh, the fort's open to anyone. Uh, being general admission, uh, one of the benefits we get. Um, of being in the fort is just the atmosphere you know it's so much fun to be there I can honestly tell you that most of the people in the fort probably don't watch the game all that much because you're sitting there and you're trying to provide the atmosphere and you know um, letting the boys know that you're behind them and you just sing your heart out every game and, and you know if you did it right you're leaving without a voice that night uh, it's just a lot of fun I'd, uh, to me I'd rather be there um, but you know, we'd, we'd love people to give it a shot, come by and check it out, see experience one game that way, and, and if you like it, then uh, you, know, you might want to come back. And what's this season like to be a midnight rider with the Revs doing so well? Um, unusual. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is fun. It's the, the one word I keep saying. We were uh, at the tailgate last night after the game. The, the smiles on people's faces were just huge. People are not used to this, and it's... I don't know if shocking is the right word, or maybe it is, but it's it's just it's a great atmosphere. The fans are so into the games all of a sudden. Um, the enjoyment level obviously has gone up. You know, we used to joke around that the whole point of going to the games was the tailgate. Um, now we actually have something to do between the tailgates, so that, that makes it better. And, and is it great to be a fan of a team like the Revs and the league like MLS, where the players are so personable, and a- after every game you can you can meet them at, at uh, the this signing autographs and everything is, is it good to whereas like in NFL you won't be able to meet players like that or in any of the bigger leagues is, is that a good thing and something that fans should should enjoy while they can oh definitely you know talking to Dempsey earlier he's just a, he's a nice guy he likes to he likes to work with the fans he uh, decided to come on his own to the the riders general meeting that we had this year um he was not required to by the team he just came on his own um stuff like that you know it just ingratiates you to the fans and and I mean, as it is, the way the team is playing, it's hard not to be in love with this team. If you're from this area, they're they're attractive. They're playing attractive soccer. Um, 
we were talking off air, just that that ball gets into the last third of the field and the one-touch passing is just spectacular. It's something I have not seen any team in this league do. Uh, forget the Revs. Uh, used to be lucky to put together two passes. And and with the with the league this year and the two more teams and, and the league keeps growing and they're planning to add two more teams possibly even next year, is that is that something that's ex- that you see as exciting, uh, seeing the league keep growing and expanding? Do, do you think the league has a long-term future? And whereas 10 years ago people were wondering how long it would last? Definitely. I think um, every team that comes into the league shows that the league's going to survive. Um, it just keeps adding to it. It adds more excitement um, around the country. It's not just stuck in you know a couple of cities here and there. It's kind of taking place all over. Um, the, I don't know if, uh, how many people watched the, the derby between Galaxy and, and Chivas, but it was a great match to watch. The game itself was okay, but the atmosphere in that stadium was fantastic. And you know, I would love to get to the day when we're tra- we, there's just so much excitement that we're traveling with two or three buses down to New York, or they're coming up here the same way. Um, the more cities that can, you know, I'd love to have Rochester have a team because their supporters are, are a very, very good bunch. And um, it's just, it's fun to see this league grow, and it's fun to be the te- top of the heap when you're growing. And Don Garber has made a lot of talk about possible expansion to Canada and Toronto, and it, it, a lot of people aren't happy with that, and some people are. But did you is that something that that you think is a good thing for the league, or would you rather see a team like a place like Rochester get a team before we get, go to Canada, where you know with stuff like that? Um, personally, I'd rather see a team like Rochester get it. Um, you know, there's there's cities around this country that will support soccer. They've proven they'll support soccer. Seattle as a you know very, the Sounders have a good crowd out there. The Portland Timbers have a great crowd out there. Rochester always draws well. Uh, you know, there's, Philly would probably be a good place for a team. They can find places. Um, I know one of their big things is building a soccer stadium, and that I full heart, wholeheartedly support. I uh, wouldn't mind getting one here either, but um, I, I'd rather stay in the U.S. for now, uh, keep it an American league um, as much as possible. And how did you first become interested in soccer, and how did you become a fan of the Revs? Um been playing soccer all my life and became a fan of the Revs because they're my team. They're, they're my local team. And we have a quick clip here from the press conference last night after the Revs game in which they beat Chivas 1-0 from uh, Coach Steve Nickel that will play now. I think tonight's a big step for us, to be honest. You know, after winning the, the last two games, you know, it was important that we tried to finish it off tonight. Uh, and I thought the way we went about it w- was ideal. You know, the reason we scored in the 86th minute is because the team stayed disciplined. We kept trying to do the things that we wanted to do from the first minute, and that's why we won the game. About uh, just the, the stamina and just sort of the uh, the way the third game in what nine days, and you seemed to get better as the game went on, and, and you had a little more energy to get that final goal uh, at the death. Yeah, I mean it was important that we that we <coughs> you know kept up the confidence and kept trying to do what we've been what we've been doing since the start of the season, uh, and it was a wet, heavy night. And you know it was tough for them. They came here to they came to here to, to keep it tight, uh, which encourages us to get in their half, which which makes it easier to run. But I'm 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 really I'm really pleased with the way we just stuck to our guns and you know sometimes in a game like that individuals start trying to win it on their own and they'll leave a hole and you know they were trying to do us on the break, but you know that didn't happen. We we stayed disciplined. We didn't leave any holes that they could counter-attackers on and we just kept pressure and we pressure and we, and we got the goal through obviously a great cross for Marshall and a, a great error but we got it through 
just being disciplined for the whole 90 minutes. Was there some frustration? Did you see? Is there any frustration from the CPA in the effort? I, I, I saw more frustration from myself than I did from the players. You know, the players stuck at it. You know, they didn't panic. That was my biggest fear that you know one or two guys were going to try and go and win it on their own, uh, which you know, which can leave holes. And uh, we didn't. We kept disciplined, and, and for me that was huge. And for the third game in nine days, I thought we looked strong. And the Revs next week have a game against Chicago at home at 7.30 at, at Gillette Stadium. Tickets are available still. And it should be a good game. Chicago's in second place right now. And another matchup between the two teams. Last time they met, the Revs beat them 3-0. But in the second half, Chicago came back at a stronger a stronger team and showed that they could compete with the Revs. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of worried about the, the bunker ball mentality. I think they tried to play open with us, and, and they couldn't do it. Uh, we're getting back Raleigh, who didn't play last last game against them. And I think uh, hopefully Raleigh's going to be all right. I don't know if he's going to be available for that game. And with with Ralston back, if, if he is available for that game, he, he he's a great boost to the Revs. He was obviously the MVP last year. He he can dribble around anyone. He's arguably, in my opinion, he's the best right midfielder in the league and for the U.S. Yeah, you could definitely make a good argument for that. And thanks again for joining us today. And I'd like to thank Mon- Monty for coming on the show. Um, we can be heard every every Sunday over the internet as well as on the radio on AM 1320. We're going to have archives available at revolutionrecap.com, and you can get the latest Revs news and scores and pictures from anyrevs.com. We'll be back next week from 7 to 8 p.m.